Put your shirt back on. This meeting is being recorded. <laughs> All right. Welcome, family, friends, and new friends to our podcast. They actually survived. I'm your host, Selena. And I'm your co-host, Andy. Okay, so today, Andy, what do you got? I've got the story of Navy Field Mike Day. And then I have a story about a rescue by a dog. Ooh. So it'll be cute. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've so, had a dog story yet, huh? No, I don't think we've had like Yay. a little dog hero story. Yes. I thought it was cute. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go with your story first because yours sounds like heavy. Yeah. Is it heavy? It, okay. It, there's a lot of action here. It's pretty incredible what he survives. <laughs> okay. So we'll do yours and then we'll end it with a cute story. Cool. Um, so this is the story of former Navy SEAL Mike Day, and it happened on April 7th, 2007, in the early hours. And uh, just to give a little bit of um, um, military uh, term uh, explanation, uh, at the point of this story, Mike Day uh, is a platoon leader. And you know I've heard the term before, but I didn't really know definitively what that meant. And I found this little uh, chart that was specifically for the army, but I think it translates over. I don't think there's too much deviation from it. But a group of four soldiers is called a team, typically led by a sergeant. Two to three teams is called a squad, typically led by a staff sergeant. Two to four squads makes up a platoon, typically led by a lieutenant. Mike Day, at the point of the story, is a platoon leader, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 16 to 44 men. And I think specifically in this story, I believe it's 22. So just, just giving you that background. So Mike Day enlisted in the Navy in 1989, joining the SEALs a year later. As a 17-year veteran, Mike was platoon chief on a mission to hunt down an Al-Qaeda cell operating in Iraq's Anbar province. The terrorists had successfully shot down four helicopters, leaving no survivors. The operation was conducted during the dark morning hours of April 7th. Mike's platoon flew in by helicopter before advancing on the target houses on foot after receiving intelligence that Mike's team had been spotted. Originally planning to secure four houses suspected of housing the terror cell, the platoon makes the decision to narrow it down to a single house. At approximately 1.33 a.m., they breached the first door in the house only to come to a dead end. Mike breaches a second door that leads them into a foyer with two more doors. The group splits to breach both rooms simultaneously. Leading his four-man team, Mike breaches his door to come into a 12 by 12 room and face-to-face -face with four armed combatants, three with rifles and one with a pistol. They start firing on him before he's able to shoot back, dropping his rifle and falling in the process. As he falls, Mike switches to his pistol and pushes into the room along the left side in order to leave the door clear for the other three members of his team to follow. His first team member is shot in the chest on the way in and is forced to back out. His second team member is killed in the doorway. His third team member is struck in the back of the neck and bleeds out. Oh my gosh, this is bad. Oh yeah, this, 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 gets, this gets hot really quickly. As Mike is falling, he takes out the combatant on the far left before switching targets to the other three hostiles. By this point, the second target has pulled the pin on his grenade and is charging towards the doorway in the direction of the rest of his squad. 
Mike shoots at him, dropping him to his knees and causing the grenade to blow up in the room, knocking Mike unconscious. The other team radials in to check in on the status of this room. No one from Mike's team is able to respond. The other team tries to fight their way into Mike's room, but the two remaining hostiles are firing too many bullets at the doorway to prevent a safe entry. Wow. The other team makes the decision to withdraw from the house and call in for the house to be leveled via air support. Mike gains consciousness and spots the two hostiles shooting through the window above him at the team falling back. Mike picks up his pistol and re-engages the two. The two hostiles notice that Mike is still alive and switch back to shooting at him. Mike's magazine runs empty, so he switches to a new one. One of the oncoming rounds strikes the bottom of the new magazine, causing the hand grips on his pistol to blow off. Oh my gosh. Mike clears the malfunction from his pistol before resuming fire and killing the remaining two hostiles. Mike has been hit by 27 bullets, 11 of which were absorbed by his body armor. I, I want to point out that if you look at the interviews of Mike, his body armor is, was not designed to take 11 bullets, but it did. So this is his equipment surviving with him. Yeah, exactly. Mike gets back onto his feet and continues the mission alone. He finds three scouts that were part of the mission and directs one of them to cover the front door to prevent any other hostiles from coming in to reinforce the position. Another scout is instructed to watch over two more detained hostiles, while the third scout is instructed to watch over the six women and children that were found in the house. At this point, Mike realizes his radio had been shot up and retrieves a radio from one of his dead teammates. At about 1.49 a.m., which is about six minutes now, Mike radios to the rest of the 22-man platoon that the house has been cleared. They return oh. for him at a medivac, and Mike is able to walk himself out. Oh, my God. What a hero. Jesus. <laughs> According to Mike, if you were to put a finger anywhere on his body that wasn't his head, he was shot there. He lost 55 pounds during the two weeks after this, uh, this security operation. It would take almost two years for Mike to recover from his physical injuries while uh, still having to face permanent pain and PTSD. After 21 years of service, Mike retired from the Navy, working at the CARE Coalition to help other service members. And uh, he also founded a nonprofit organization to help at-risk children, veterans, and trauma survivors. Oh, how nice that he turned it around to do that, to like offer. See, he's like, yeah. no matter what, it, it's like offering support while he was doing his service, and then now offering support mm -hmm. after, after, you know? Yeah. Yeah, God, man, that's like traumatic, too. I can imagine. I, I didn't want this to turn into a whole, wow, isn't he legendary? Isn't he bulletproof? Oh, he's amazing. He's a action hero badass. You know, he's human. He's a human being like the rest of us. You know, he's vulnerable to. Yes, to, to, yes. Uh, emotions and the psychological trauma from something like this. He he killed four people in a 12 by 12 room using nothing but a pistol on the floor. And he survived a grenade explosion too. Took 27 he, shots. This, this, this is... You know what though? Thank God he was able to do that because mm -hmm. if they would have leveled that house, they mm -hmm. would have took out those innocent women and children. Yeah. So in a yeah. sense, he he saved them saved too. more people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if had they leveled that house, those those people are innocent. They want mm -hmm. nothing to do mm -hmm. with the war. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's awesome story, man. Did he get any like purple hearts or anything for that? 
Oh, that's an excellent question. I, I don't recall. He definitely should have. Yeah, I would imagine he should have. I mean, Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, I, I think he did, but I forgot to include that in the story. Oh, okay. Uh, how many, uh, he got shot how many times? 24? 27 times. 27 times. 16 of which, you know, bypassed the armor, hit him. Uh, another 11 hit the body armor and, and you know, one, he's plus so one lucky. grenade blast. Yeah, he's so lucky that that, that held up longer than it should have yeah and he kept it and he's got it kind of displayed uh and, and that's another comment i think from from the medical team was like he was injured in the perfect way he got shot up so many times but nothing super Major. vital super critical walked out of there got onto his own medevac <laughs> flew out of there for you know for recovery <laughs> what a strong dude right <laughs> god man, that's awesome good for him <laughs> All right, I'll take you to my cute little story. Tell me about this dog. <laughs> yeah. So this story actually takes us to a seasoned athlete. And I know a couple mm -hmm. times we've questioned whether somebody was like actually an athlete or mm -hmm. if they belonged. This is a hiking story. So back to a hiking story. But, you know, there's been times where we've questioned, really, do they really know what they're doing? But <laughs> just to let you know, she knows. Obviously, this is an understatement uh, saying that she's a seasoned athlete. So mm. Danielle Bollinger is a four-sport U.S. Athlete of the Year, which she has been awarded six times. Hmm. So she's wow. good. Okay. She's yeah. done this at least once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least she's four good. times. Yeah, she's good. So uh, she's also completed a variety of events throughout her career, one which took her to a 400-mile trek through the mountains, desert, terrains, and water. Whoa. So very probably similar to one of the other stories we did, you know, where he was going through the desert and everything. Yeah, moral prosperity. Yes, I think this is a very similar uh, mm -hmm. race that she had done too. Mm -hmm. So now <laughs> I put a comment in here. I don't even like 400 mile road trips. Yeah. Never mind a 400 mile trek. <laughs> <laughs> we both agreed we're very, not very athletic. <laughs> I'm not. Sense. I'm not sure I've walked 400 miles in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, so obviously she knew what she was doing. Uh, Danielle was going to go for a run through the Amasa Back Trail. So it was a normal day while she loaded up her Ford Ranger with her three-year-old mutt named Taz. <laughs> she grabbed a quick bite to eat on her way. Uh, she grabbed a bite at Burger King, and of course, she <laughs> shared it with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> this was in Utah, so it was a beautiful okay. day. It was in the 40s, so not actually too cold for a run. Mm. Uh, so as she arrived, she put on a fleece jacket, grabbed a large water bottle filled with some raspberry-flavored energy gel. Mm. As she was about to lock up her truck for the day, she actually took a last minute look and spotted a fanny pack. So she jumped and mm -hmm. grabbed that as well. Mm -hmm. so the plan was to run and hike over eight miles on this trail, uh, but she would kind of veer off this trail to run on a seldom used Jeep trail known Ooh. to the locals. Okay. She was going to go on the basic trail. And then once she got to a certain point, it was kind of going to fork off and she was going to go into like a seldom used area. Yeah, so, I like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now they were midway through their run as her little friend Taz kept up with her. Hmm. Uh, Danielle was climbing up on part of a run uh, where she encountered a patch of black ice. 
So she lost her footing and started sliding down the icy rock face. Mm -hmm. As she was going down, she said she hit a few ledges on the way. So she was hitting Mm -hmm. things and just bumping left and right and just couldn't grab or grasp anything as she was going down. Mm -hmm. Uh, She described it as when you're like a kid just going down a giant slide. (laughs) So she was just she couldn't stop it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as she was starting to pick up speed, she actually was launched off a cliff and she was met with the ground about 80 feet below. Ooh. Yeah, so she's flying down this cliff, can't stop it, and just flies right into uh, this cliff and 80 feet down. Uh, so she crashes down to the land, you know, to the floor. Once she, you know, got her senses about her, she was really methodical about assessing her injuries. Mm-hmm. So she was like laying on the canyon floor. And she put her right hand on her left leg, her left hand on her right leg, just to see, like, did her back break, everything. Like, she was just assessing her injuries. So she thought to herself, like, oh, this is going to be a long walk out, you know, (laughs) because she's going to have to walk back. She actually tried to get to her feet without success. Something was broken, but she didn't quite know what was going on. So she couldn't, uh, she knew her back seemed to be okay, but something wasn't responding right. (laughs) Yeah. So she couldn't really use her legs. So Mm. she realized quickly that she had to get back to the original trail Mm -hmm. so that she could be seen. Like Mm -hmm, we always mm -hmm, say, mm -hmm. gotta be seen, right? If you need Mm -hmm. to get help get to a place where you're able to be more likely to be seen. Mm -hmm. So she started out at noon and crawled and dragged herself through this canyon floor. And it was about three miles back to the main trail to get to. As she was crawling, she remembered her fanny pack. So she had the fanny pack she'd taken with her last minute. So she rifles through it. Uh, She looks in the pack and found another pack of energy gel a mm-hmm. shower cap and two ibuprofen. I don't know why the shower cap was in there. But... What is she gonna like MacGyver a solution here? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. What, what I don't. A... I don't know where the shower cap came ho, from. Ho, ho, I gotta. Ask, what is energy gel? Is that so, something you eat or something you rub? A lot of athletes use this Gatorade and stuff, and Powerade created. It's like a gel form that you put into water, and it's oh. just so that you could shake it up with okay. water. Okay. It's all the electrolytes that you need, you know, that water may not give you. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's great. That's a great thing to have because it has energy. It gives the electrolytes perfect. And she had two ibuprofen, even better. So I don't know about the shower cap though. That's questionable. So she's going to, she's going to make a hot air balloon (laughs) and float out there safety. Right. Uh, Okay. So she swallowed the pills and obviously just kept dragging herself, moving forward, moving Mm -hmm. forward. At this time, it's now 5 p.m. She Mm. crawled less than a mile, and it had taken her about five hours to do so. Right. Yeah. So as she crawled through the canyon floor, there were patches of ice, too. So now now she's soaked. Like, her Mm -hmm, shirt is mm -hmm. soaked. Uh, Danielle laid on her back, looking up the sky to rest. And Taz, her little friend, Mm -hmm. curled up next to her and kept her warm throughout the night. Uh, She finished the rest of her water bottle and decided to rest up for the night. Mm -hmm. So she spent the night on the floor, curled up next to her was Taz. Mm -hmm. The first night, the temperatures actually dipped down into the 20s. Now, as you remember, she had only a light fleece jacket. 
which was actually a little damp, you know, because she had yeah. gotten it wet from dragging it. Right. So uh, she said she did some crunches. What a strong woman. <laughs> she, she said she did some crunches. I guess I'll get a workout in. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And she did. She tapped her feet to keep okay. her body moving and warm. Yeah. So she okay. tapped her feet throughout the night and just kept doing crunches. Gotcha. She actually didn't want to fall asleep because she was scared of freezing mm -hmm. to death. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, usually people don't want to, you know, fall asleep because they think that they've hit their head. But in her mm. case, she was just scared it was too cold, you know. Yeah. Now, as the sun began to rise, she had tried to fill her water bottle in a nearby puddle, but it was frozen. Mm. So she broke through to get some little ice chips to put mm -hmm. in her water uh, bottle for the day. Yeah. Uh, she screamed for help and she remembers it echoing through the canyons and bouncing off the walls. That's got to be a scary realization help 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 yeah like, it's oh. so quiet and nobody's there yeah of course her calls were not answered you know she was in a pretty secluded part mm. uh she attempted to get on her hands and knees but the pain was just too much to bear because she thought maybe she could crawl her way out on her hands and knees yeah. you know uh, but it was just too much for her as she looked around she saw that taz was gone mm. as time had passed taz came back and she looked at him and told him she was hurt and she asked him to get help. Mm. So obviously she she thought to herself, she knew it was ridiculous, mm -hmm. you know, to mm -hmm. think that the dog understood her, but it, but he was really her last hope. So she mm -hmm. had to try something, you know. Mm -hmm. So she turned to Taz. As the second night came around, Taz knew something was really wrong with mm -hmm. her. And then as the night was going on, a small ball of blood had started to form around her stomach. So it was under, yeah, so it was under in her Internal stomach. Bleeding. Yeah, so she knew she was bleeding internally. So oh. so she's going through her mind and thinking like maybe she thought maybe her neighbor Dorothy would notice she hadn't come home. Uh -huh. Maybe her message machine would be full and somebody would notice that she was missing. Yeah. You know, so she's going through her head and like somebody's got to know something eventually. Yeah. Um, she was really losing faith at this point, you know, on night two. Uh, as she was basically preparing herself for death, she kept noticing that Taz would spend more and more time throughout the day running off and returning. Mm -hmm. And each time it mm -hmm. seemed longer than the last, but she mm -hmm. wasn't sure because she was starting to hallucinate, you know? Yeah. So she wasn't quite sure, but every time she would kind of come to, he would be there or be gone. Or mm -hmm. So she was starting to lose time frame at this point. Now, as more than 40 hours had come after taking their initial run, the area police found her pickup at the trailhead. Mm -hmm. Now, as search and rescue was assembled, they were also on the lookout for Taz, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. which had been spotted heading towards town. Mm -hmm. So Taz was walking into <laughs> town and then coming back to see her, you know. So they actually tried to catch the dog. They figured out it, it must have been Taz, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they tried to catch him. And of course, you know, to no avail, this dog was not going to be caught. Yeah. They actually saw that he started running towards the trail. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was their clue. Yeah. So they actually took off and followed Taz. So now as she's laying there, Taz returned from his longest journey, she yeah. said, and he had gulped up 
all the water in the little hole that Danielle was using. Yeah. So he just came back and he was panting and he just took up all her water. Yeah. From her little hole that she had been using, but yeah, she, she loved him so much. So yeah. uh, she wasn't upset. She, he was wagging his tail this time. So she just thought, Oh, he's just happy to see me, you know? Um, and she thought he was happy to be back. And, you know, she gave him a little pat and, then at that point, she heard the sound of an engine. Mm, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she knew, you know, he. Oh, good boy, Taz. Yeah, good boy. <laughs> so at this point, she knew, Taz knew ahead of time. That's why he was so excited yeah. and so happy, you know, <laughs> but she couldn't hear it until just then. So as the rescue team arrived, they quickly prepared her and airlifted her to the hospital. Mm. So, and they said this was perfect timing since it was set to snow that night. So, oh, no. yeah, so this was perfect. The team figured out that Taz had covered a 15 mile trek by himself to get help back into the town. You know, Danielle had the surgery. Uh, she actually had a broken pelvis. So that's why she mm. wasn't quite able to move. Yeah. Uh, so she had the surgery and pretty extensive rehabilitation, but she mm. made a full recovery. And now she and Taz once again began trail running. Oh. So they're back to running again. So oh, who's a good boy? Taz, you want steak? Taz wants steak? <laughs> right? Every you night. I get steak every night now. Now, Taz even received the National Hero Dog Award from the <laughs> Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals in Los Angeles for his little rescue oh. efforts. What a good dog, huh? <laughs> Dude. I mean, like 15 miles, man. I don't even think as a human that I would be able to <laughs> mile one, was, you know? Was that 15 miles every day or just total back and forth, all the trips that Taz was taking? They don't know. Okay. They don't know what, you know, he yeah. was doing in between. But the one day it was 15 miles wow. from the trail to where he was spotted in the town mm -hmm. that was 15 miles just that day so we don't know if he was just kind of going down the trail coming back going down because she had said he would keep leaving and coming right. back but then it was getting longer and longer right. so he's probably trying to find help but nobody was around so mm -hmm. he probably mm -hmm. walked or ran all the way to town before he was recognized you oh. know isn't that amazing though I, I think i've done about 15 miles in my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> just right get it in a day yeah exactly but it's so awesome that like her little furry friend her pal mm -hmm. like you said though man i'd be giving that dog steak every day for the rest of my life Has, right? you want a human bed you want a human yeah, bed you yeah. got a human bed yeah i'll you give you your bathroom? own bedroom i don't care <laughs> so yeah but that was a cute little story so uh i came across that and i thought right. like man we haven't done something like that with the you know, our friendly canine friends, yeah. you know, I, I think it was, it was due to happen, but I'm surprised it took this long for us to finally find a happy, cute little story with, with a dog. Yeah. A dog rescue. <laughs> yeah. I know we should find some more. Cause man, I think mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot out there of dogs and cats rescuing. I've seen quite a few, we should do a story mm -hmm. on a cat. I've seen actually quite a few stories where cats have rescued kids and, you know, from, um, Oh, like wildlife, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah little kitties. <laughs> I, I think I've heard one of a pig rescuing uh, its owner. That's obscure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll I, have to find that one. I, <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to find that one for sure. But 
that's all I got for today. So mm-hmm, this is a mm-hmm, short mm-hmm. one too. I love these shorter ones because I think people bite size straight to the point. Yeah, <laughs> little bits, you know, get little you, get stories. your hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just for hopefully like before work or something. Also, I wanted to let you know. I don't know if if I've told you just recently, but we're mm-hmm. close to around about twenty five hundred uh, listens. Ooh. Yeah. Next milestone. Yeah, so here we are thinking that like we're going to maybe have 50 people listen and now it's like over 2000 on its way to 3000. So it's wow. been insane. Yeah. Thank you listeners. Yeah, people are interested. How cool. So uh, if you do want to share your own survival stories, you could always send them to info at theyactuallysurvive.com. I would love to put together a whole episode on everybody's stories. Mm. Um, you could always follow us too on social media at They Actually Survived. Uh, Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I know I haven't been posting as much as usual, like I Mm. usually do. So I've been doing social media for my own company. So (laughs) (laughs) So that's been taking up a lot of my time. Life happens. So yeah, if you guys uh, do have your stories, definitely send them our way. Or if you see a story you would love us to cover, Mm. uh, let us know. Yeah, you can get credit or, you know, if, if it if strikes a little too close to home, you can choose to remain anonymous if you'd like. Yeah, that sounds perfect. All right. That's all I got. You good? I'm good. You know, don't forget that uh, you too can actually survive. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, guys. <laughs>